just like that, welcome to the score fantasy football live here on Friday. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the score. Appreciate everybody tuning in here to hang out with me today. We're back up and running. It's Friday. We're heading into week three here. We're recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern, and I want to make that clear because I was just talking with our producer, Marcus, about we record this right at a time when all the injury updates are coming down, when practices are ending. So I got the phone here. I'm getting my updates from the score. You should be getting those too. And we just roll along as we're figuring this out along the way, right? We got to adapt and and figure it out here. So I don't want to waste any time. I want to start with last night's game. And it's not that the game itself was really that exciting. I mean, we figured the Panthers were going to win and the Panthers won. It was a little closer in the first half than maybe we thought, but in the end, the outcome was what we expected. So there's not really much we need to get into. I mean, DJ Moore, Sam Darnold, they got a great connection. We're finally seeing Moore get unlocked here as a true wide receiver one, which is great. We just need him to score some touchdowns, and he almost did. I mean, Darnold just missed him on that one really long pass. Otherwise, would have been a monster stat line for him this week. Moore's really pushing for, you know, top 12 kind of numbers here. We just need a couple touchdowns there. It's going to be pretty exciting if he can get that. And Darnold's looking like a pretty solid QB2 with QB1 upside here if he gets good matchups. And last night was one of them and he came through for us. And that's why I had him ranked as the, the QB12 this week. But really, I'm bearing the lead. I know that's not what anybody wants to talk about from that game. Everybody wants to know about Christian McCaffrey. Rightfully so. He leaves the game early with a hamstring injury and pretty quickly got ruled out. And normally that's a pretty bad sign. Normally that means that a player could be injured for a little while, could be something serious. And if you're an optimist, maybe you want to look at it and say, well, they were playing the Texans and they figured they were going to be able to win the game anyway. And that's why they were just like, let's play it safe and keep him out. But turns out today we got some news. I mean, Ian Rappaport said this morning that McCaffrey really wasn't able to push off that leg, and that's why they made the determination to, to not put him back in the game and made that call so quick. We got news today that it's going to be a few weeks, and they're not going to they're not going to put him on IR, apparently, so that's not a, an issue yet, but it looks like he's going to miss a couple weeks, and that means that Chuba Hubbard, the rookie, is going to step into that lead back role. We saw Mike Davis last year. He, in this offense, steps in, and it's not to say that running backs don't matter, and certainly nobody's going to give you the kind of numbers that Christian McCaffrey can give you, but Mike Davis stepped in last year, put up top 12 numbers, and I think Hubbard could step in, and we saw last night, maybe wasn't the most efficient, but stepped in there and was able to do okay, and and you're talking about, I mean, he's available in 77% of leagues right now. Last night, 11 carries, 52 yards. Three catches, 27 yards. Could have been more, too. Really could have been. And, you know, he's not CMC, but a guy that could slide right in your lineup as an RB2 with RB1 upside some weeks. So really, uh, really like that. Uh, Royce Freeman is there as well. And I know I got some questions about him, but Freeman really just sprinkled in last night. So Hubbard, it's his job to lose here. And we'll know more about uh, the recovery timeline exactly in the days that come here and whether it's going to be a couple weeks or maybe it's going to be a month or so, but pretty good news that they're not talking about IR yet. That was the big injury from Thursday. Let's take a look at the injuries here that could affect lineups for week three going ahead in the weekend here. And it starts with Dalvin cook dealing with the ankle issue. Mike Zimmer was pretty vague about it all week. I mean, he said he wouldn't limit cooks workload that if he was healthy and out there, he would play him as normal, but also that if he can't play, 
there's a reason why he's not playing. So thanks for the nice vague answer there, Mike Zimmer. Didn't give us too much, but the fact that Cook wasn't able to practice Wednesday, Thursday, and now wasn't out there again today, we got the update right before we came on. So it really was all coming down to that Friday practice participation, and now it's looking like he's not going to be out there. And that's why we were recommending Alexander Madison as one of those guys that you could stash, and if an injury happened to the starter, could step in and give you a top 15, maybe even top 12 kind of numbers. So really like Madison this week, he's going to move even further up my rankings. And you got to remember last year, he went up against the Seahawks, had a pretty good game, 23 touches, 136 yards. Of course, there's changes that happen over the off season, slightly different defense, of course, but he can be that RB2 with RB1 upside in your lineup. So hopefully you listen to the uh, waiver wire column early in the week in the waiver wire podcast episode, and you went out and you picked him up and you'll be able to play him. Deontay Johnson on the Steelers, another guy that missed practice Wednesday, Thursday. That's no surprise. I haven't seen an update yet today, but it really seemed like he was going to be out for a little bit here. You know, he was grabbing at his knee, a lot of pain on that last play when that happened. And the weird part is we just haven't really gotten much of an update. I figured early in the week, he'd get an MRI and we'd find out that he was going to miss a few weeks here. Haven't really heard anything. They're kind of playing it close to the vest. So I wouldn't plan on having them for week three. I would find another option. And I do think it's probably going to be a little bit longer than that. Maybe some good news for the Steelers though, is that Ben Roethlisberger, he's dealing with that pec injury. Seems like he's going to continue to play through it, whether that's a good thing or not. Maybe whether that's an excuse for the way that he's playing so far this year. And we're not even going to speculate about that, but you want Ben out there. The other options on the team are even worse than a, an aging kind of dusty Ben Roethlisberger. And, you know, I know the Steelers offense isn't firing on all cylinders right now, but if Johnson's out, James Washington is kind of interesting as a flex play. Of course, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, they're going to get more targets, of course but James Washington's a guy that's got to pop up on your radar now. So I think you could start those guys with some confidence if Johnson's going to be out here. I'll talk more about the quarterback injuries. I touched on Ben there. I'll talk more about the quarterback injuries in a second, but I want to hit on the guys that I think are more fantasy relevant because the quarterbacks, they're not the biggest names, the guys who are hurt right now. Uh, Josh Jacobs. So he was back at practice yesterday, but in a non-contact jersey. He reportedly did some things, but ultimately they listed him as a DNP. And John Gruden made some comments earlier in the week that he was very unlikely or very questionable that uh, Jacobs would be out there in week three. So I'd make other plans there. And that hopefully doesn't involve Kenyon Drake and Peyton Barber. I think they're just desperation RB3 flex options at this point. And I know this is people are going to say it's a revenge game for Drake, but I'd be really hesitant trusting either of those guys. They're going to split. Barber is going to get a bunch of carries. Not any passing down work, though. Barber could vulture a, a touchdown there if it happens. So I don't really love the split in that game. And I still like Miami's defense. I know they're having their issues, but I like Miami's defense. Daryl Henderson, kind of the same as Jacobs, not practicing. Maybe as an outside shot to come back here on Friday and, and suit up. But he's dealing with a rib cartilage issue, so it's really pain management. And I think the Rams are going to be cautious with this one. I think they're going to see what Sony Michelle can do, which... Most weeks, I would be pretty excited if Michelle was going to get a start, and I'd look at him as a, an RB2 with some RB1 upside. But uh, in this game, they're going up against the Bucks' run defense, and you can't be excited about that. So just RB3 kind of flex range and pretty limited ceiling in that one. The 49ers backfield just continues to be a disaster here. The Friday practice updates are going to tell the story, but right now, Elijah Mitchell, it seems like he's going to miss this game. We had some 
pretty ominous comments early in the week from the coaching staff. Then you have GM John Lynch go out today and say that he's very questionable. He's dealing with a, a shoulder and a neck issue. They originally thought it was a stinger, and then they came out early in the week and said it was a little bit more than a stinger. So he hasn't practiced yet. I don't think he'll be out there on Friday. The good news, Trey Sermon actually has been practicing now. He hasn't been cleared yet. He's in concussion protocol, but he's been out there in a non-contact jersey, and uh, he potentially could play. Shanahan said earlier in the week that he was on the path to be able to play. So after the whole kind of thing we went through in the first week, and he ended up being a surprise scratch, a couple weeks later, we might see Sermon finally get his shot. I have a hard time trusting Kyle Shanahan at this point that he's going to go out there and just put a, a big workload on Sermon after he scratched him in week one, but they really don't have any other options. I mean, Trent Cannon is mostly a special teamer. They went out and signed Jock Patrick from the Bengals practice squad this week. So, you know, he's not really familiar with the team and the offense. Not that as a running back, he couldn't step in and put up some numbers, but a little scary if you're going to try to trust him. And then the other guys, they got a couple of veterans, carry on Johnson and Chris Thompson, who are both on the practice squad right now. So I don't know how much those guys have left in the tank. They've dealt with some injuries in the last couple of years here. Really, I think it's it's just a mess. And it's looking like Sermon could be the guy this week. And it's looking like Mitchell's not going to be able to go. And I would be okay rolling with Sermon as kind of a really risky, low-end RB2, high-end RB3. But you got to understand what you're getting yourself into here. It's almost like the Patriots back in the day that anything could happen in that backfield any week. Uh, who else are we worried about here? Keep an eye on Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay. Not really worried about either of those guys at the moment, but we'll see what happens on Friday. Unless we hear something really negative today, I think they'll both be out there. And I think Evan Ingram's trending towards playing the, the tight end for the Giants. We could see him make his season debut, barring a, a setback late in the week here. So I mentioned this on Monday's show. There's not a lot of great options out on the waiver wire, but Evan Ingram's a guy who has a history where he's put up top 10 numbers before he could come through for you. He could be that answer if you're really desperate at tight end, which I know anybody who didn't get one of the top you know, six, maybe we'll go seven if we're going to throw Gronk in there now. If you didn't get one of those guys, you're probably in trouble at tight end. Maybe Ingram could be the answer for you there. The Browns are saying Odell Beckham's going to be a game-time decision. Sure looks like he's going to play, and we'll see what uh, they list him as today, but I think he's going to be out there this week. I would still be cautious for fantasy. I know there was some talk that they might have him on a pitch count in this game. They've played it really, really slow with him coming back from that torn ACL last year. Jarvis Landry's out. They don't have a ton of other great options, but the coaching staff was also talking about how Baker Mayfield can't do what he's done in the past with Beckham and try to force the ball to him. They really got to continue to spread the ball around. That's the best for their offense. And that's why before the season, I talked about even if Beckham was going to be healthy and be out there, that Beckham really isn't going to be the player that we saw with the Giants. He's not going to be that guy that gets double-digit targets every week. He's not that player anymore. So he still has a touchdown upside, but in this first game, I'd rather see it from him before we actually trust him in our lineups. Antonio Brown's on the COVID list, reportedly had a positive test. It's going to be really tough for him to get out there and play this week. Needs two negative tests in 24 hours to get cleared and could be very difficult to do, and it's a tough matchup, so I don't know that you're really going to want to pivot to Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, they're kind of risky flex options. They're on the radar for sure now, but they're pretty risky options in that matchup. So just stick with Brady and Godwin and Evans and Gronk and leave Miller and, and Johnson for somebody else. Hopefully, hopefully you don't have to trust them in your lineup. T Higgins. So he was called day to day early in the week. And then he came out, he missed practice on Wednesday, missed practice on Thursday, was back out there today, which kind of gave you uh, some hope early in the day. 
And then the team listed him as doubtful. So he's unlikely to go this week. Most guys that are listed as doubtful don't end up playing. And that means Jamar Chase, obviously a strong play. He's a strong play regardless of who's injured around him. But uh, Tyler Boyd's been fairly quiet. I think this is going to be good news for his fantasy value. Get him back up into the top 30 or so. And then deeper down, Auden Tate. And I talked about this earlier in the week, but he's one of those guys, one of those kind of talented wide receiver fours on his team. And now with an injury, he could get a shot to get out there and maybe be a dart throw option in your lineup. Not somebody you really want to trust, but a guy, if you're desperate, I get lots of questions from people in deep leagues. He could be a guy that you could turn to. Marquise Brown went from a limited practice on Wednesday to a DNP on Thursday. That's normally not a good sign. He was back out there on Friday. So that's hopefully he's trending towards being active this week. And it's a great matchup against the lions. If for some reason he's not, then you pivot to Sammy Watkins, Mark Andrews, get a bump as well at tight end. Cause that matchup, we saw what the Packers did against them. We saw early in the week one, what the 49ers did against them. So you want to play your Ravens this week. DeAndre Hopkins. So he's been sitting out of practice, but he's a guy that even if he doesn't practice all week, he's somebody that has shown before that he can get out there and play on Sunday and play effectively. So not really worried about that one yet, but that's one that we can address during the Sunday morning Twitter takeover. And obviously, I mean, my Sunday morning rankings, they'll have all those updates. I do one early in the morning. I do one after inactive. So you can check that stuff out too. But if you have those specific lineup questions, you can hit me up at 1030 AM Eastern, just go to the score account and I'll be answering questions there. Zach Ertz, another guy who's on the COVID list. It's notable, not because really Ertz is out, but because Dallas Goddard will be out there without having Ertz to deal with and maybe steal some work away from him and some targets. So puts Goddard back on the map as a top, 10 tight end probably this week. Have to see where he settles in my rankings. Uh, Tyrell Williams of the Lions got placed on IR. So that makes a guy like Quintez Cephas pretty intriguing. He's seen 13 targets over the first two games here. And he had a touchdown in both contests, kind of operating as the, the top receiver. I mean, really, TJ Hawkinson, the tight end, is the de facto number one receiver. And they're getting the running backs involved so much. But if you're looking to try to find some value there, Cephas was one of the guys I mentioned as a stash and start, sit, stash, quit this week guy was out there in the vast majority of leagues you can still get him and he has flex potential even this week he's not necessarily just a stash you could potentially slide him into your lineup all right i guess i've put it off enough here let's talk about these quarterbacks Derek carr baker mayfield both seem likely to play not overly worried there carson wentz dealing with the issue in both ankles still got a shot to play. Now they've been given the majority of the first team snaps to Brett Hundley, which is kind of surprising because Jacob Eason's been the backup. Eason was the guy that came in last week when Wentz left the game. Maybe the team didn't like what they saw. Now it looks like they're preparing Huntley to play if Wentz can't go. Now I saw right before we started, looks like Wentz is practicing today. So we'll have to keep a close eye on that one. If he can't go, we're downgrading all the pass catchers in that offense. If he can go, then guys like Michael Pittman, you could still consider because Pittman was having a, a heck of a game, even a breakout game last week before Wentz left that one. All right, that's it for the notable injuries. I want to talk about some starts and sits just before we move on to your questions here. And you can read all my starts and sits and that start, sit, stash, quick, calm that I mentioned. I cover every position, multiple guys at every position. So you can go and read the column if you're looking for all the options. Today, I just want to talk about my favorite start and then my favorite sit. And for start, it's definitely Devonta Smith. He's the guy. It's his picture on top of the article. The rookie came out and had a really big debut, six catches, 71 yards, had a touchdown in the opener. 
fell back to earth last week. Two catches, 16 yards. Pretty disappointing, I'm sure, if you had him. But week three, this matchup is so good. We're only two games into the season here. Let's take a look here at what the Cowboys have given up to receivers. Four huge stat lines already. Uh, five for 121 and one to Antonio Brown. Nine for 105 and one to Chris Godwin. Seven for 91 and a touchdown to Mike Williams. And four for 108 to Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen didn't get the touchdown. Come on, man. It would have been a perfect symmetry all the way through there. But Smith, right up there as sort of a fringe wide receiver too. I could see him come through and give you even more this week. An absolute must start in this game. And then for the top sit, you know, I hate being negative, but I would avoid Corey Davis this week. Uh, he's going against the Broncos secondary, one of the better units in the league. I know we had the huge week one and we're still holding on to that, but the injuries to the offensive line, Mekhi Becton, the star left tackle being hurt, that's going to be a problem for that passing game. And we have a tough matchup here against the Broncos. Don't really want to bet on anybody in that Jets passing attack. So better days are going to come. Got some nice matchups on the horizon here. They play the Titans, the Falcons in a week and two weeks out. So those are days when you can get Davis back in your lineup. But this week against the, the Broncos, I would try to find another option. All right. Time for your questions here. Let's see what you got for me this week. At GXMV wants to know, hey, Justin. Is Royce Freeman the better pickup after the CMC injury? Also, is it worth trading Melvin Gordon for Herbert? Sorry, Melvin Gordon and Herbert for Jalen Hurts. Thanks, Justin. You're very welcome. Uh, for Freeman, I wouldn't say he's the better pickup. I'm not against picking him up and, and stashing him. Just based on what we saw last night, Hubbard played 40 snaps. Freeman only played 11. Hubbard had 20 routes. Uh, Freeman only had four. So shout out to Nate Yonke at Pro Football Focus. I'm pulling all that data from him. He really gets those snap counts up like almost immediately after games. Highly recommend following him on Twitter and checking out his stuff at Pro Football Focus. We've had him on the show before. He's great. But based on that, I think it's pretty clear that Hubbard's going to get that initial shot to perform. And you might be upset about what he did last night. I know there's some runs where it felt like he could have got more, but let's give him another week. He got thrown in there in relief duty. I think uh, another week where he's practicing to be the starter could be a little better moving forward there. Could he struggle? Could he get hurt? Could Freeman end up being the guy? Yeah, maybe he could get his chance at some point. And that's why I'm not against stashing him because sometimes when this happens on the waiver wire and we all go for the one running back, it ends up being the other one, the cheaper one that ends up being the better play. So I'm not against that, but just know what you're getting. If you got to pick between the two, it's definitely Hubbard that you want. And then as far as that trade goes, I think you're giving up a little much. I mean, I would rather move Gordon for something else, maybe a receiver. I think Herbert's going to get things corrected here. I know he started off a little slow, but I think he's going to get uh, settled down and, and still be able to perform. So I think the the move from Herbert to Hertz, I don't think it's that huge. Maybe not as big as it, it looks right now. So I'd try to move Gordon for something else. But if you feel really strongly about Hertz, you're probably not going to miss Melvin Gordon that much. So this is a decision that's on you. If you really want Hertz in your lineup, then go for it. Because I think value-wise, you're giving up a little much, but because Gordon's a guy that you're probably not going to miss and that's probably why you're trading them away, then if you really want to do it, go for it. At NY Buckeyes, hey, Justin, appreciate your work and all your invaluable input. Where would you rank Trey Sermon if Elijah Mitchell can't go this week and have PPR? Have Javante Williams, Tyson Williams, um, Sermon, and Mitchell. Need two RBs and a flex. Kamara is RB1. 
Who would you play? Sorry, I read that wrong. Need a second RB. They just need one RB and a flex here. So it's going to be close. I would recommend checking back on Sunday and taking a look at my rankings because I have all those guys kind of in the same range. So they could move a little bit here and there. And that really means that you could go with any of them. And that's why you're probably having such a hard time. Um, I wouldn't be against going with Sermon. Um, but I think, like I said earlier, there's, you know, a little bit of uncertainty just with how Kyle Shanahan is going to use those guys. So that would bump him to the, the lowest of that group. Uh, I would look at Tyson Williams because the matchup against the lions, we saw what Aaron Jones did to them last week. I think Williams could be next here, but I would still say check back on, on Sunday and just see where I have them. And normally that's why when I get all these questions about start sits early in the week, even before sometimes I put out my Tuesday rankings, you got to know there's going to be a Thursday update to the rankings. There's going to be a Sunday update. There's going to be a lot more injury information and stuff that comes in. So really when you're making those decisions, unless it's for a Thursday night game, hang tight. And I'll try to answer those questions on the weekend when I have you know a little bit closer to my, my final product when it comes to the rankings. At Maple underscore metrics, it happens every year. So which rookie running back do you think will pop most following their bye week that we should look to stash or trade for? It's Javante Williams without question for me. He's already split in the work with Melvin Gordon. They each had 29 touches so far through two games here. That's a great sign. I mean, he's a 21-year-old rookie and he's already splitting with a, a veteran back like Gordon. And I've talked about it before, even before the season, the Broncos schedule in the second half of the year very, very easy. I think Javante is going to be a league winner. I would go and get him now before he has that big breakout game and erupts and then everybody's onto him. At JKIVNP, where are we with Debo Samuel? I've got an offer for Allen Robinson, but what exactly is the worry with Debo? Injury? Ayuk resurges? Should I sell high and get Robinson? If you can move Debo for Allen Robinson, I would do that for sure. I have Debo ranked as a top 20 receiver this week, so it's not like I'm low on him or anything, but I think the worry is that George Kittle started a little slow here. So what if George Kittle starts to ramp things up a little more? And then, yeah, like you mentioned, Ayuk that had this really strange start to the year, but maybe the further he gets out from that hamstring injury, he starts getting worked back in more. So we just, it's not like Debo's going to completely disappear, but when you look at what he's done so far, 189 yards in week one, 93 yards in week two, you look at that and you go, okay, that's probably unsustainable. So if you could sell him now and sell high and get a guy like Robinson, an established top 15 fantasy receiver, I would definitely do that. At underscore Roe Gonzalez, what's your outlook on Robert Woods for the season? Should I look to trade him or do you think chemistry with Stafford and usage will usage will change? Last year, Cup had a stronger first half of the season than Woods and that reversed in the second half. I think Woods is going to be just fine. I'm not too worried about him. Week one, I know the routes were down a little bit, so maybe you were concerned. Last week, right back up there, I think it was like 97% or something like that. So uh, no worries on Woods. He's going to have his big games. And, you know, I would admit at the moment that my preseason ranking, having Woods, you know, a few spots above Cup, probably not the right call. It looks like Cup's the, the guy to play right now. But as you mentioned, defenses start to figure that out. And last year in the second half of the season, the offense shifted a little bit and Woods became the more valuable play. We might see that happen again. At Docile Irish, is Corey Davis cuttable if you have Rondell Moore, Tim Patrick, and Jalen Waddle as your four, five, and six receiver, and you're starting three or four receivers weekly? Wait until after the Titans revenge game next week, or is it hopeless with the Jets quarterback play and line? Like I said earlier, I wouldn't cut Davis. Titans, Falcons coming up. So it's not just that revenge game with the Titans. 
I think the Jets passing attack will get back on track in those games. So I would hold him for now. You probably even want to play him in those two games. At MSF underscore 0302, how worried should I be about AJ Brown and Allen Robinson if I were to trade one? Which one? That is, who is most undervalued right now? So not that worried. I mean, I think they're both going to be fine. If I had to trade one, it would probably be Robinson. Just I would capitalize on the the Justin Fields hype that's out there right now. Maybe somebody's excited. Maybe they just picked up Justin Fields off the waiver wire and you're going to offer. They could pair him with Allen Robinson. You could maybe maximize his value in a deal there. I think AJ Brown's getting a ton of targets. Maybe it was the offseason stuff, the injuries, and maybe he's just getting a slow start here, but I think he's going to be fine. They're going to continue to pepper him and one of the best young receivers in the game. At JM Lope 8S, in a full PPR, would it be crazy to start Tyson Williams over Antonio Gibson in the flex? Gibson has the stout Buffalo defense, and Williams has a Detroit defense that can't stop the run. I love these questions where people act like, you know, would it be crazy to do this over this? It would not be crazy. I wouldn't do it. I would still go with Antonio Gibson, but. I mean, it's possible that Williams could end up having a bigger week and the matchup would definitely help that. If you think that's going to happen, I say, trust your gut. I mean, when you're wrong, you know, it's on you. (laughs) You want to make that decision. You don't want to go by my rankings and then, you know, it's not the right call when you felt that way. That's how you should be running your team, right? Use my rankings as a guide, use it as some information, another data point, but ultimately you want to put together your own version of the rankings or your own thoughts about your players, your team, your lineup. And then go off of that. I think that's the best way to play fantasy. I don't think you just want me to run your team and make all the calls for you. I don't think that would be very fun. Although winning is pretty fun and that might help you do that. But anyway, we're just saying. At Max Wayne 7 win. With huge games and similarly ranked, who would you start? Rodgers or Stafford? This is one of those ones where I'm almost always going to say the player that I have ranked higher. I mean, unless there's a specific circumstance, like you're you're shooting for upside or you're trying to play it safe or something like that, maybe I would give you a slightly different answer. But normally you could just look at my rankings and go off of that. That's probably what I'm going to say. And in this one, I like Rodgers a lot, actually. He's coming off the, the big win, uh, had four touchdown passes against the 49ers last year in their game. So I think that uh, with a projected point total of around 50, it's going to be a lot of scoring in that one. I would go with Rodgers over Stafford. At Mr. Underscore Mac 14, should I hold on to Tyson Williams or try to trade him for someone like Mike Davis? I would definitely hold. And if you are going to trade him, you probably want to do it after this Lions game because he could go out there and have a really big performance and then maybe get more for him. Is there a chance that one of those vets gets by him? Maybe. I mean, purely based on what they've done so far, Williams looks like the best back and Bell can't even get on the active roster. Freeman looked a little dusty and Murray kind of looked like a guy that, you know, should be a number two or a number three and kind of explained why the saints maybe moved on from him. Could still get it done, but doesn't really offer that much that he's going to, you know, lift the rushing attack just by him being out there. He's going to get what's blocked for him. So I would stick with Williams for now at Lee Elliott seven. Why so high on Justin Fields compared to other rookie QBs or even year two QBs? It's the, the rushing ability. I mean, we talked about him on on Wednesday's show with Ben Gretsch, the preview show, but he's accurate downfield and just he has this, you know, he's got a 4.3, 4.4, 40. The guy's really, really fast. He's got that dual threat ability. He can be the next, you know, 
Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. He could be that next guy that comes in as a rookie and starts to produce right away, mostly because of the rushing stats, right? So I'm pretty excited about him as a guy that, you know, we saw with Hurts last year late in the season when he got some starts. He came in and was able to, to be a top 12 fantasy quarterback in that short stretch. I think we could see the same from Fields this year. As long as it doesn't fall on his face, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited about him. At Bit of Drew, do you think CEH is a hold or a sell? I would be trying to sell Clyde Edwards Hilaire right now if you can. I mean, if you can get a decent RB2 for him. Uh, I talk about him in the start, sit, stash, quit column. So you can go check that out if you want a little more and some stats and stuff on him. But uh, yeah, I would be looking to sell him right now. I don't know that it's going to get much better. They're involving Daryl Williams around the goal line and Jerick McKinnon last week got, I think, the only target to the back. So that's problematic. If if Edward Slayer isn't going to get that real workhorse lead back volume, that's what allowed somebody like a Damian Williams to pop up in that offense and have some pretty good fantasy stretches. If he's not going to get that, I mean, you start to question why did they take him in the first round, but that's a whole nother conversation. But yes, I would be trying to trade him. At our sumo, PPR, who is the best IR stash? Jerry Judy, Rashad Bateman, Jeff Wilson Jr. Thanks. Well, Wilson, I don't think we're going to see till November. So we don't really know his status and what could happen in that backfield, who could break out, anything like that. So I'm not really as excited about him as I know I've seen some other people kind of talking him up. Uh, Jerry Judy and Bateman, it would kind of come down to them. Judy's still going to be out for a little while. And when he comes back, he's coming back off a high ankle sprain. So we don't know how that's going to affect him. That could take away some of his effectiveness. Uh, I would look at Bateman and Bateman's a guy that you put him on your IR, doesn't cost you a roster spot. And I think he's going to be back maybe the soonest of all these guys, fingers crossed. Um, he's somebody that I talked about the very first week of start, sit, stash, quit. I'm pretty sure I had him in there as the stash because he's not rostered in many leagues. He's only around 14% rostered or so. So you can go and get him. And really, it's going to come down to who's healthier once they're back between Bateman and, and Judy. And right now, a little more faith that Bateman's going to be that guy. At Dodgers Colts, thoughts about starting Trent Cannon and Van Jefferson. Wow. Is that bad? Really? We're we're starting those guys? Like, I would not start Trent Cannon. I mean, I mentioned that, you know, he's mostly a special teams player. Kyle Shanahan could do anything at this point. It wouldn't surprise me, but he's not really built. I mean, Cannon isn't built to go out there and have a huge workload. So I'd be very surprised if he was worthy of a fantasy start. And then Van Jefferson, you are completely throwing darts at that point. If if you're gonna have him out there in your lineup, you're just hoping that I know week one he came through, but you are really, really just kind of throwing a, a long shot Hail Mary on that one. So I'm hoping there's somebody better out there. I would go check out my waiver wire column early in the week. I list just a ton of 50, 60 plus players. I go really, really deep in that one. See if any of the guys I list as flex options, even the dart throw flex options might be better than, than Van Jefferson. So take a look there. At PGS824, what's your gut feeling on the 49ers running back situation for this weekend and the rest of the season? My gut feeling and, and my educated opinion here are that it's going to be a nightmare. I think it's just going to be so problematic. Do I hope that somebody like Sermon or Mitchell can grab hold of the job and kind of be that guy? Yeah, it would save us a lot of headaches, but in part because Shanahan, in part because the injuries, there's going to be value. It's just going to be really, really frustrating. So just depends if you want to put yourself through that headache or not. I'm willing to kind of wade through it, but I'm sure you can hear in my voice, it's uh, it's difficult to uh, to do that sometimes. Kind of a pain. At 97 K bomb, can I start Cedric Wilson in case Amari Cooper can't play 12 team PPR? You could. I mean, Amari was practicing this week and I think he's going to be out there unless something happens today that uh, is surprising. So that's why I didn't mention him in the injury section. I think Amari's going to play, but if not, 
Wilson, I mean, big time downgrade, but would be a, a flex option there. At its underscore, just underscore, a uh, underscore scam. I don't know if that's one that I, I would have chosen to put in here if it's just a scam, but why do the fantasy gods hate me? Week one, Fitzpatrick injured. Week two, Jameis forgets to play football. Week three, CMC injured. <laughs> I get a lot of these. I mean, people asking why the, the fantasy gods are out to get them. I know it's jokes. I know we're just kidding around here, but it's also, it's part of it, right? It's part of the game. I Don't get me wrong. I mean, I get really mad when this stuff happens too. A little bit for my, my fantasy teams, more so for my rankings when my rankings are incorrect. That's kind of what bothers me, especially if it's something like an injury that I just had no control over and maybe my projection was accurate, but the guy got hurt. So what are you going to do? But really, I mean, that's what we sign up for here, right? Like it's, that's the game. That's what we're doing. I'm not trying to go like Omar from the wire or anything like that, but that's really, it's randomness. It's chaos. And part of the fun is just trying to react to all of that, right? And trying to figure it out and adapt and just be that last person standing at the end of the year. So yeah, I definitely, I want to punch my screen sometimes when some of that stuff happens. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm not a hypocrite at all on that, but you just got to kind of, you got to accept it and you know, hopefully over time, the more experienced fantasy player you are, you can kind of let some of that just roll off you and not bother you as much. But I've been doing this for a while and it, it still bothers me. So get used to it. All right. That was it. That was the final question for today's show. And remember, you can find all my content over at the score. Download the app for free if you haven't already. If you're watching, I'm sure you probably already have, but you're missing out if you don't have it. It's not just my fantasy content. It's across all sports. Our NFL team's awesome. Like I said earlier, they're pumping out alerts to you all the time. So make sure you're signed up for those notifications. If you got more questions, you can always come find me on Twitter at Justin Boone. I mentioned the Twitter takeover, the score main account on Sundays at 10 a.m. Eastern. So come join me for that. Every Sunday we'll be doing that. It's your last chance. We got those last minute lineup decisions. That is your last chance to get me there because I'll be updating the rankings once an active start. So that's it. Good luck in week three. We're going to be back next week with more podcasts, another live show. But until then, I mean, big thanks for all the questions. Big thanks to Marcus for producing the show today. Big thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Said leave on time. My baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight.